folks, welcome back inside the Parisi Palace, high above 2919 East Broadway. This is hour number two of the Jake Feinberg Show. Coming to you live on Power Talk. Please go to our website, powertalk.live. Download our free app and stream all of our live local shows, including yours truly, the Jake Feinberg Show. We can't thank you enough for making us part of your day today. And I've already had a pretty enlightening day uh, here on the Jake Feinberg Show. And uh, really, it's exciting to me for me to bring back a dear friend of the program and a guy who um, continues to stay humble amidst his his trek and voyage to enlightenment him, to enlightening himself, improving himself, and hopefully inspiring others along the way. Will Duncan, welcome back to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thanks, Jake. So great to be here. Love you, man. So, so good great. to see you, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want to read. I'm reading off the. I got a link. You're doing a couple of seminars yeah. in town. Yeah. Meet your meditation experts, and this is the quick bio on Will Duncan. It says, Will Duncan teaches meditation philosophy and yogic theory throughout the world. This is the part I want you f to comment on, and is known for bringing humor and lightheartedness into his teaching style. I mean. Do you is there a certain, there's such a seriousness to what you are trying to get at? Mm. I mean, dealing with anxiety, dealing with phobias, dealing with the daily insanity, as we've always talked about. Mm. Um, I mean, is humor and lightheartedness? Do you think that's a good description of what of of, of what you do? I mean, because I, I think that I mean I think you really are a funny guy, but I don't think that anything you do is, is any there's anything lighthearted about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a good description. I like to have fun in classes, um, and uh, I like to rile people up and get people opinionated, and uh, you know to discuss real issues. Uh, a lot of t I was just doing a um, conference in Iowa City. And uh, oftentimes I speak in, in places where yoga is popular or where spirituality is popular. And in Iowa City, I, there was, I mean, in the entire audience of maybe 150 people, I doubt anybody had ever walked into a yoga studio. Oh, this was the, this was the, the one you talked about. Yeah, oh, so, so, yeah, this is it. And <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, first of all, I was like, this is amazing. And second of all, why am I here? Right. You know, like, why did I get invited here? But it was such a relief, you know, that it was like, I mean, you know, I love teaching. I love speaking to anybody. Sure. But it was just great to speak to people that normally wouldn't get this so uh, basically I, I think one of the problems was with the spiritual world I don't know how to even say it is uh, is that people who aren't uh, in innately drawn to spirituality think that it's not for them you know and it's a hundred percent for them you know uh, it's it's so relevant to anybody in any situation so my my goal is to kind of bring back some of the great scriptural um, wisdom and knowledge bring it to the average person okay let's unpack that so yeah. so i mean when you get a skeptic or somebody who doesn't even have faith in them in, them, in themselves yeah. how do you how do you get past the colloquial stuff and get them to to, to start it, listening it's so sim it's so simple because uh, i think we're all basically hedonists i mean really if i look at my own life and i look honestly i'm trying to get the most amount of pleasure with the least amount of effort period that's the end <laughs> That's the essence of my spiritual life. Yeah. And I think, you know, most of us are trying to do that. And you might label pleasure differently. You might say well-being or whatever. But we're trying to get the most amount of pleasure, well-being, with the least amount of effort. So if we can just start from that as a bottom line, whether you're a, a crack addict or, you know, whatever you are, 
that's the bottom line. That's what create. That's what unifies us as human beings on this planet. Okay. Period. From there, we can ask some much more interesting questions. What's effective? Let's start looking at what's effective. And uh, so that's what I really love getting into is and 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 what the scriptural traditions. And when I say scriptural traditions. My teacher really, uh, from the age of about 13, 14 on, educated me in a lot of the yogic scriptures. So we're talking about the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, which I'm going to be teaching on tomorrow. Uh, then I went through a six-year training in Buddhist scriptures, really beautiful, beautiful stuff and logic. And then um, I've spent a bit of time in uh, Catholic monasteries and got very interested in Christian scriptures. and. You know, and all from different traditions, but what you know, what you really get from all of these different traditions is very intelligent analysis of what functions to bring you pleasure. Will Duncan is riffing right now. <laughs> You're on fire right now. I mean, uh, so well, do the, uh, is there a commonality strand within all these traditions? I mean, yeah, there is. And I was just talking with a friend about this last night. In essence, it's the golden rule. But that sounds so cheesy. And yeah. it's so like, you know, my grandmother told me that. Yeah, right. Know. So stale. It's stale. Yeah, it's yeah. stale. And it's, it lacks uh, any, you know, and the golden rule is basically do unto others as you'd have them do to sure. you. But it gets a lot more interesting and a lot more meaty. Um, but the, the essence of it is... Uh, well, the essence of it is found in a beautiful scripture called the Katha Yapanishads. And in that, real quickly, the, um, this kid goes to the, uh, the underworld, and the Lord of Death is out fishing or something. So the kid has to wait, which in, in the underworld is very bad, um, uh, very, like it's just uh, impolite. So it, this is just a myth. Wait, waiting is imp- yeah, to wait, so wait. You know, yeah. like you come to the guy's office. Sure, and you're, wait, you're waiting yeah. for it. Yeah, I got it. So he comes back. He says, I'm so sorry. Listen, I'll give you um, one wish, anything you wish for in exchange for you having to wait. You know, this I'm, I'm oversimplifying sure. this beautiful text, but it's good for the J5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the kid uh, says, well, I would like to know the real essence of life, the real meaning of life. And the Lord of Death is like, oh, I could, but wouldn't you rather have like uh, the next thousand lives be the king of mass empires and have countless beautiful women who all play musical instruments in your court? And the kid thinks about it for a minute. He said, no, I'd actually just like to know the essence and meaning of life, you know? So he goes through all these (laughs) trials and eventually the Lord of Death says, okay, I'll tell you. And he's basically what he defines is the difference between um, what they call in the Sanskrit tradition, Shreya and Preya. So Preya is momentary pleasure that leaves you depleted in the long run. And, and Shreya is things that might be a little difficult in the moment, but leave you feeling fulfilled in the long run. So the Lord of Death, so the, you know, this wise being, and the Lord of Death, is, it's not such a, like a negative thing in the Eastern tradition. It's like a, you know, a Lord, uh, a kind of God. And he's saying, thi- if you can learn to distinguish between these two things, then you have the essence of life. And so let's take an example. Um, How about the lavender farm? (laughs) (laughs) That's a long-term one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We could could go there. Go uh, Give an example. But an example might be um, excessive drinking. You know, like when I, you know, I don't drink anymore, uh, but when I used to drink, I get a, you know, nice buzz, feels wonderful, the cares go away, you know. Or let me use a different example. I feel you. Um, I have a friend who I think has a drinking problem. He doesn't think he does. 
but and I've, what I've noticed is when he drinks, he has an ability to just hold himself together. He's not out of control. He's polite. He's quiet, and he's wasted. You know. And he said, you know, I said, I think you got a drinking problem. He's like, I don't. Like, I even hung over the next day. I feel fine. And, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of true. Like, he seems to hold it together. But I noticed something interesting. Three days after a drinking binge, he's in a horrible mood. Hmm. And I started to realize this pattern. So I started to look for it. And sure enough, he'll, he'll get really wasted. He's fine the next day. The next day after that, he's okay. And then the third day, crash. he's, he's, un, he's a mess. So he's never correlated the drinking with this feeling of feeling horrible. So the Lord of Death is basically saying, you want the essence of life, uh, increase your ability to see correlations. Increase your ability to see a correlation between that excessive drinking and you having a horrible day three days from now. And then we have to ask the interesting question, does the drinking work to bring you pleasure? knowing that it's also bringing you a horrible day three days from now. And that's the essence of a lot of the spiritual path is learning to see the correlation in things we normally don't look for correlations in. How, how often uh, your, your friend is, you know, whether he's in denial or doesn't see it, can you honestly say that, uh, like, have you, have you been able to, it's hard for people to look at that. It's hard for people to yeah, see yeah. that. How, yeah, so yeah. how do you get to that next level where they're actually being honest with themselves? Yeah. And, and then is, isn't there like a, they get petrified or fearful? It's, it's, well, here's the thing. And I think the spiritual life, I think spiritual evolution, uh, and we can even say emotional growth. I think it happens at the rate of plant growth. We're not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, not, spot on, you know, it's yeah. not like Oprah. It's like where you change your life in three days. Right. You know, this right. is unbelievable. Right. Right. This right. is, you know, off the hook. It's not Tom off the Cruise hook. Tom Cruise jumping off a couch. Yeah. 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 This is a very slow process. Right. And, the you know, then people are like, well, I don't really want to do it. Well, actually, you don't have a choice because, you know, your choice is to just continue to suffer or to start to suffer less, you know. So we're not talking about, you know, if, if, if that kid that I'm talking about was under my guidance, I wouldn't be like, hey, stop drinking, you're ruining your life. I'd be like, just gently start to notice the correlation. Because what we're talking about is a gentle movement towards a more sustainable life. A gentle movement. So we're not talking about making big radical shifts. So the, I think the, one of the first steps is to start to look for correlations in things like this. Figure out some behavior that, you, that seems really pleasurable in the moment, but that you suspect might not be that bit good of a thing yeah i mean you're you have no idea how prescient what you're talking about relates to me exactly and it is and and i and it, i uh, yeah it's uh it's humbling and it's yeah we just have to be gentle with ourselves you know and it's like listen we're all basically um about the same level uh, you know uh, one of my teachers was saying if you take mother Teresa and like a uh, horrible like person we're you know we're all about the same level as human beings on this planet you know we're like we're all, we're all struggling yeah. yeah we make some some people make some more messed up you know decisions based on the upbringing or whatever they had but we're all pretty similar so we can take the whole of like i'm a horrible person we can just drop that and we can say like okay what do i want my life to look like in a year from now okay what are some very small steps i can make towards that v humble small steps one step is 
I'm going to bring some awareness to my negative behaviors and just look for any negative consequences of those mm. behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, I, again, if, if it's a drinking thing, you, you wouldn't give up drinking. You say, okay, I'm going to try to bring some mindfulness, which is kind of a buzzword now. I'm r almost reticent to use it, but I'm going to bring some mindfulness to my drinking and just look, oh, what happens the next day? Okay, what happens the day after that? Just bring some intelligence. And, and I always like to think what I'm, what I'm teaching often is let's be connoisseurs of pleasure. You know, I don't, I don't have a very good um, distinction for wines. I don't have a very good tongue for wines. So, you know, Boone, strawberry wine, that sounds fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it does, I dig, I dig, it does a I job, dig. right? Yeah, right. So uh, a wine connoisseur would look at me and be like, that poor guy is missing out on sure. the distinctions. You know, I'm saying let's become a pleasure connoisseur. So I can look at something that might have brought me pleasure in the past. Now I can be like, that's disgusting. That's like Boone's strawberry wine from Kmart, you know, or Circle K, rather. Is, uh, or I guess I shouldn't say any. Uh, it's all right. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, as, as opposed to like a nice, nice Cabernet, you know, with full body. You know, Nevado, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are, we're talking big yeah. distinctions. Sure, sure. And, and so as we educate ourselves more in becoming pleasure connoisseurs, we're, what we're actually doing is just increasing our pleasure, increasing our spiritual evolution, increasing our emotional maturity. Talking to Will Duncan here, a meditation teacher currently up in Prescott. I don't really want you to be humble about this. I mean, I talked to Chuck, your your stepdad uh, and wonderful husband, to Barbie, your amazing mom. And he said you already have people in town that are that are following you. I mean, they really enjoy your presence. Is, I mean, you're going into downtown Prescott. You have, a, I mean, people are gravitating to you. Yeah, well, the people aren't gravitating towards me, but I... Uh, you sure about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where are they going? You know? <laughs> going to pick some lavender, you know? Yeah, so we, yeah. Uh, we're, start, we're starting a little community called the Sophia community. Sophia being uh, Greek for wisdom. Very cool. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to see what, would, what it would look like to live a sane life. So we're trying to create short work weeks uh, so four-hour work days, not work weeks, um, uh, but about a four-hour yeah, work. But you're not there. You're working 20 hours a day right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah. So right now. I'm not following my own advice. <laughs> right. But we're moving. It's a long-term thing. It's a long-term yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And some people there are, are actually doing that, working four hours, four, four to five hours. But we're, So we're trying to do small work week, small work days, um, and sit meditation three times a day together. Uh, do a little physical practice, yoga and stuff, and then have time for reflection, art, you know, um, music. So we're trying to see, oh, what would it look like to live in a, in a sane community life? And what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, build small houses for just a couple of us uh, so we could have it private individual space and then a communal house. So we're trying to find this interesting balance mm. between communal life and solitary life. Sometimes I'd rather not talk to anybody so I can just, you know, stay in my house. And then other times I'd love to have the f fellowship of other people on the path. So, so anyway, we bought recently we bought a um, lavender farm in northern Arizona in a great town. Um, and uh, we we're, uh, we're, we're trying to build the place. So, um, uh, and that's sophiacommunity.com. And, uh, and then eventually what we'd like to do is have a couple spots on the property available for anybody, um, ideally free of charge, to just come and um, be with us for a day, a week, a month. Uh, you know, somebody just went through a divorce maybe, or you're just having a hard time. You just need to detach from the world, come out, 
harvest some lavender, make some essential oils, you know, muck out a horse stall, and then uh, sit with us three times a day, and then hopefully go home refreshed. Mm. And uh, we've had really a constant inflow of visitors already, even though we're just building the place. Well, I, I have no doubt the essence that, that you're bringing is it's going to continue to be to be fruitful. I, I, I'm curious about, um, so a lot of people that uh, support Donald Trump are, you know, they have this mindset of hyper-reactive comp- competition. It's everything competition. It's yeah, all right. competition. Right. Uh, you even see this recent thing, I don't know if you've even followed it, where he, this carrier uh situation in indiana where he quote-unquote saved these a thousand jobs Uh i mean this is really about mechanization turning people into machines in Uh some way Mm -hmm. i'm looking at this very strongly and i i say to myself those people are very real very strident and very outspoken in, in how strong they feel about this need to this america this supposed american desire for competition and monetary success right right material spiritualism whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it I, this is more a question for me like no. I, I don't get engaged with a lot of political discussion but at, at times i do come into situations and my anxiety goes up because i feel uh threatened in some way or insecure yeah and i just wanted you to talk like somebody who y- you you've been steeped in in readings different traditional readings since you were 13 years old i mean you mm-hmm. have a deep the, uh i guess also what i'm getting at is this 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 uh, slant these people also have a lot of um acro- they, they, they have a lot of uh resentment towards education or mm-hmm. knowledge mm-hmm. How, how do you deal with like for someone like myself if i encounter people that are threatening me based on the fact that they are that they look at they look at you and they say what what are you talking about? A, a sane life. Mm-hmm. This is the life. This is real life. This is, yeah. this is the, I mean, how do you, you're, you're going to be talking about anxiety at one of these seminars. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about how to control is the manage it? How do you manage it? Because to me, it's like, it's striking at the, I we're, we're preaching to the choir right now. We're yeah. talking to each other. We're riffing on, we're riffing with each other. There's a lot of people out there that just, and I think it's really depressing. They don't, they don't understand it. And they don't, and they almost mock it. Mm-hmm. And I, how do you handle? How would you handle that? Well, there's so much in there. Uh, a, yeah, there a couple things that uh, I think of is I recently was listening to an economist, and you know, this is you can uh, buy this or not, but it's not the point. So stay with me. And he was saying um, he was looking at some of some of Trump's plans for uh, working with China, uh, the com- competitive edge against tariffs. China. Yeah. And this economist was saying we're now at a point in, in evolution on the planet, which where what is good because all of our economies are so tied in together that what's good for china is also good for america and what's good for america is good for china because of our economies are so tied in we call that interconnected and and uh, so i sometimes at night when i pray uh, I pray, dear God, please let there be an alien invasion, because I think that would allow human beings to realize, oh, wait, we're all, you know, because we, we have a natural like predisposition to have us against them. Is it, is it a, or has that become more acute? I mean, I think if you look throughout yeah. all the history, okay, it yeah. just it comes and goes, you know, us versus them. Yeah. And, it's, and so it's like, all right, if we have that, let's th- let's create a bigger them, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that is so, the great. I'm going to pray for that. too. So man. if we if we just had an alien invasion, then we could be <laughs> human beings against them. 
and it wouldn't be like America versus Russia, right? You know, and let's compete because as we're discovering, that's actually not functional. We're all on the same living organism together. It's like you know, bacteria in your left hand trying to like kill bacteria on the back of your head. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, right? But so the, if yeah. only if only the aliens came, then it would be like, oh, let's get rid of them because hey, we're all human beings. We got to work together. But but you said a really key word, and that was reactivity. And uh, so tonight, actually, at Yoga Oasis at 5 p.m., I believe, mm-hmm. I'm doing a, a, a free wor- lecture on um, working using meditation for working with anxiety. And a lot of what we're learning to do is slow down the reactive reactivity time. So oftentimes, a, and, and what we're going to do is there's uh, three things that happen in the mind when we feel reactive. So, a, a, And what we're going to work on is how to tease apart those three things as soon as you separate those three things and identify them separately, the reactivity time gets a lot greater. Uh, so you have more time, more space before you feel reactive. And a lot of that just comes with practice. Um, and then the problem is with reactivity. Like, you know, I hear something on the radio. I find it upsetting. Suddenly I, I feel reactive. Then I have three things happen. I have a somatic physical experience of anxiety, uh, just physical. I have an emotional experience of anxiety, like the emotional side of it. What does that feel like? And then I have a storyline. All of those three things work together, and they start like creating a downward spiral. And then whatever, you have panic attacks and all this different stuff. What mindfulness practice can do, and it's very amazing and very effective, is you separate those three things. Now, I'm not saying that they don't continue to happen. You're still going to have the physical sensation, you might have the emotional sensation, and you might have the storyline, but you don't buy into it so much. You're right. It's the difference between like a sports um, uh, newscaster, like somebody just, you know, oh my God, he's going for the, you know, it's kind of like, versus a weatherman. Like a weatherman is like, it's cloudy. Tomorrow will yeah. be that. Tomorrow, chance of rain. Yeah, you're yeah. still observing what's happening, but you're not getting so uh, 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 convinced that the, uh, uh, you know, so wrought up. No, this is so important because, okay, so, so but here is the, 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 here's the rub. How do you convey to, to, to cats with that are, that whose ears are open and their minds are yeah. open? Because everything in our like you just made a really good point about the the emotional growth of a human being in plant life. Yeah, it's right, happening right. at a really slow pace. Right, people maybe not want to accept that because they we live in this interconnected world now where things happen instantaneously. Yeah, right. So my the, the what when when everything around you is per, when you perceive it that it is antithetical to what you just said in in the sense of reactive re, everything else is. Everyone's not modeling that. Yeah, right. In, in, yeah. In, in, depending on the forms of media, the media that you're taking in, or uh, so when people are like, "But this is all I see around me." Yeah. I mean, is that the same cult village? That's the same lavender farm that you're what you're trying to get away from. Is there other ways to do that? Is yeah. What I'm trying to get at because it's paralyzed. Not. I'm okay with it. I've actually been growing my plant. Yeah. I have some leaves and stuff. Right. <laughs> but right. Yeah. How do you deal with those cats that are saying what you're saying? is so positive and, and it's it's filling me. And the minute I go outside into, and whatever I'm receiving is is antithetical to what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, how do you, right. what do you say to them? Well, and I don't know if you've noticed, but we're, it seems to be dark times, you know? 
I'm, I feel uh, liberated. I knew this was coming, so I flew away a long time ago. You yeah, know right, that. Right, but right, I, right. I'm with you. A lot of people are paralyzed. And, you know, I try to keep, uh, if we're talking politically for a moment, yep. I try to keep in my circle uh, people from both sides because I find it valuable. So even, uh, even my very conservative friends feel it's a dark time. I mean, they're very relieved that the Republicans have control. But they're feeling like this is a dark time. Why know? do they feel it's a dark I time? Th- you know, and for different ones, it would be different things. I think a lot of people are not wild about the new president-elect, even though even— Because he's not really a conservative guy. He's yeah, a, he's a Democrat know, three yeah, years ago. But, but uh, yeah. And what you see—interestingly, um, yeah. what you see in yeah. uh, Buddhist and Hindu scriptures is that when times get dark, yes. light gets more powerful. I like it. And so, uh, and and I do think it's true that this that what and I've already seen it. You know that small and and I saw this at nine eleven too. Is like when really heavy stuff happens, you see a, a, a level of love that you weren't uh, perceiving before. It just comes out. So it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that we're in these times. But uh, the nice thing about that for you and I is it means the smallest effort to awaken is much more powerful. Abs- oh, I, I dig. Much more powerful. You know, uh, I'm going to try to make it. Th- we're going to have to leave it there, Will. I, I absolutely uh, thank you so much for making it. Such a stu- joy. It's such a hang, man. I love being here. It, we, it was such a ball, Mike Roper. Thank you so much, brother, for running the board. We'll be back next week. To everybody out there, much love. Remember, in dark times, the light is great. <laughs> love always. Peace. Uh,